you know, or as or as they say in London, controversy. Between, you know, <laughs> Governor, you know. I love your English accent. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for, well, you decide. As you're probably asking yourself, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO, your monthly dose of marketing street knowledge. You can find us at rockstarcmo.com or at Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if email is your jam and you want to get in touch, I'm editor at rockstarcmo.com. This episode was recorded on Friday the 25th of September. I don't know about you, but I have no idea where the summer went. It's October next week. But whatever month it is, I'm glad you're here. And I hope you've had a good week, you're staying safe, well and as sane as you feel you need to be. This week, I'm going to stray a little bit from the normal set list. Normally, I dip into the virtual pages of Rockstar CMO and suggest something you might like. But in a moment, I'm going to share something else that I like this week. In the interview segment, I'm chatting to Johnny Paulick, the MD of Mantra Media Limited, who was introduced to me as an interesting bloke I should speak to. And I think you'll agree. And again, we wind down from the week in the virtual Rockstar CMO bar with my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rhodes. Right. Let's get started, shall we? While I would still like to encourage you to take a look at our little publication, in particular the latest issue that you can find on our homepage at rockstarcmo.com, I thought I'd share something else that got my attention this week for a change. What I want to share is from the Marketing Book Podcast by Douglas Burdett, and last week's episode that featured the book Purple Goldfish 2, by Stan Phelps. Apologies if you follow me on social media, as you may have seen me reference this already, as I post it on my blog in my regular Tuesday Two Cent series. But I really liked it, thought I'd share it here. Stan Phelps has written seven books, all titled with different colours of goldfish, that focus on different aspects of business, marketing and sales. The bit of the interview I listen to that I want to focus on here is why the goldfish? Well, for a change, this isn't that old hackneyed rubbish and untrue reference to our apparent diminishing attention span. It seems Stan Phelps has this mild goldfish obsession as there are five reasons why some goldfish are tiny and the biggest can grow to be over two feet long. And as he explains, the size of your goldfish depends on the following and it's an excellent business growth analogy. The first is the size of the bowl, how big your market is. The second is the number of other fish, how many competitors you have. The third is the quality of the water, the business environment in which we all operate. The fourth is the first four months of the fish's life. So this would be our foundations as a startup or the success of a new product launch or how good a start we really got off to. And the fifth is the genetic makeup of the fish. So that'd be our company differentiation. And when I shared this on LinkedIn, Stan Phelps, the author, commented, pointing out that number five is the only one we can change, differentiation, how we differentiate ourselves from our competitors. And that's why I thought I'd share that here on our little marketing podcast, as that's our job. <laughs> anyway, if you're not already a fan, I think you'll like the Marketing Book Podcast. Douglas has some great guests, including Robert Rose, who I'll be chatting to in a bit. I will, of course, include a link to it in the show notes, although I must warn you that it's not good for you if, like me, you have a marketing book buying problem. Right, on to the interview. I was recently introduced to Johnny Paulick by Phil Lewis, who regular listeners might remember as the corporate punk we featured on episode 23 and 24. Phil introduced Johnny as... An interesting guy who runs a properly ethically led agency has a really interesting point of view about the application of Japanese business philosophy in a Western context, and he's a provocative and interesting bloke. That's what it said in the email. <laughs> and he was right. I really enjoyed the chat. Johnny Paulick is the founder and CEO of the international branding and marketing firm Mantra Media. With over 20 years of experience in branding, marketing and strategy, Johnny has consulted with the European Parliament, 
the Tokyo Metropolitan Government, British Members of Parliament, the NHS, the UKTI, and a plethora of others. He has featured on Good Morning Britain, the BBC Political Debates, BBC Radio, Osaka Radio, Asahi Shimbun, and many others. Over the last 10 years, Johnny has had his strategies implemented by governmental, private and charity sectors in North America, South Africa, Western Europe, Southeast Asia and Australia. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you? Really well, thank you. Thanks for having me, Ian. No, you're very welcome. Now, um, for people that aren't familiar with you, um, obviously I introduced you before we start the interview. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your agency. So um, I'm the CEO of uh, Mantra Media, which is an international agency based in the UK and Japan. Uh, we currently operate on various uh, national and international campaigns, but also do a lot of the um, domestic stuff as well so uh, helping charities small businesses and uh, quite recently over the last six months lots of micro businesses and independent consultants uh, create sustainability and then scalability in their different organizations that sounds interesting and you're based in Sheffield right here in the UK yes Uh, well (laughs) it's funny you say that Um, because I, I'm usually on a, a train or a plane, um, <laughs> uh, and uh, this is the longest period, uh, I think, probably since I was a child that I've been stationary. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you've learned a lot more about your hometown. Well, yes. Um, I mean, I yeah. Uh, Sheffield is a wonderful place, and uh, Yorkshire, you know, obviously, yeah. a beautiful county to live in. Yeah. Uh, as they say, God's own county. Um, so, yes, it's. Uh, I'm very lucky just because of the amount of nature yeah. and countryside and everything nice, else. Here. Nice, it's a good place nice. to be. So, uh, yeah, it sounds beautiful. And and for people that don't know, um, your part of the world is is a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, and so what led you to become a marketer and then found your own agency? So um, the story goes back over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in, in, in quite a, a challenging place. Uh, you know, I'm a working class lad. I, was, I grew up on a council estate in the Midlands. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I the internet came about and uh, I thought, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was quite a geeky, stroke astute uh, uh, youngster. So I very I clocked on very early that the internet could be a mode of democratization of opportunity. So from the age of, I think it was about 15, I started using things like Bebo and MySpace and mm-hmm. a few others to try and I guess, elevate my um, social status um, and to try and create opportunities for myself. And uh, one of the things I did is I about 20 years ago, I was promoting uh, bands and and artists in America, um, some parts of Eastern Europe and uh, the UK. And what I found is I could build these communities in, uh, obviously it didn't, it wasn't common parlance at the time, but social Mm -hmm. media. Um, And these strategies that I used 20 years ago about seeing the, you know, the metrics as people that you need to communicate with in a consistent and uh, considered way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the things that people are going, we should be doing this um, two decades yeah. on. So that's, that's how it all started. Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, um, because obviously we have the name Rockstar CMO, how many people, I mean, there are two groups of people, it seems, well, there's, there's more, obviously, but many people we speak to either came from a tech background or have some kind of connection to the music industry in their past that I never realized <laughs> until we start chatting on something like this. Um, and it, it's really interesting because I think, I think that growing a community around a band, it seems to be a great marketing lesson. I, I 100% agree. I mean, I, I was on a conversation yesterday um, with somebody from Poland, mm-hmm. and we were talking about uh, the work that we've both done. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, mm-hmm about consulting with chambers of commerce around the world. Yeah. And uh, she says, oh, I'm from Poznan. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because back in 
1999, um, I did a, a week of gigs in Poznan. Um, <laughs> and I, it was a, a place called the Blue Note Jazz Club in Poznan uh, yeah. where I was, I was gigging there. And she was yeah. like, really? And we worked out that she was a student at that time and she yeah. was she was probably there at one of the nights that, wow. <laughs> that I was performing on stage. So wow. it was quite a... It was quite a cool connection. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So what do you play? What what was your position in the band? Um, it's always anything with strings. So started ah. on guitar, bass, um, violin for a while, picked up cello about nice. 10 years ago. So I just, I'm a huge fan of string instruments. Nice. There's definitely a place for you in our band. I think that um, we, 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 I think we've got people that can play um, keyboards uh, for uh, the regular contributors to Rockstar CMO, so we do, we we probably need a singer and somebody on drums. So I'll 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 look for those people. <laughs> I'll look for those people on the podcast. Um, so we kind of touched a little bit on the um on the fact that you've not been able to travel, and and both of us were chatting before before I hit record about we're we're spending more time in our local um coffee shops and stuff now. How um. And you mentioned that you previous to this, you were, you're traveling a lot. So how has your agency adapted during the pandemic and what are you seeing with your customers and, and the market? So we started doing contingency planning back in mm-hmm. February. Um, the end of February, we, we started to go, oh, there's something going on in the world. Yeah. And uh, then we, we, we just thought, you know what? We're going to give, give, give. We're just mm-hmm. going to give loads of value to people and support them as much as possible. Yeah. And we, and that's kind of our part of our philosophy is, you know, if we help people, we, we hope that they'll reciprocate. So yes. um, throughout the uh, lockdown in the UK, Mm-hmm. we started interviewing a lot of our clients who are psychotherapists, psychologists, counselors, and trainers um, to try and give value to the business community. That's more about resilience, mm-hmm. uh, uh, cultural support, all that kind of stuff that keeps people in the right headspace to be effective and healthy. Um, I gave, uh, gave away lots of my time uh, to organizations to say, look, something's coming uh you need to be resilient you need to be um thinking about change management being transformative uh looking at diversifying your current business model um tell me if you need a chat and um i think all that support led to a lot of people going do you know what you've you've really helped us um keep keep our heads above water we we want to help you so that was our strategy throughout lockdown was just mm-hmm. let's help as many people as we can. And and what we found was, um, and you'll, you know, lots of people will be telling you this is that yeah. um, throughout this time period, people have gone, we really need to get our act together as far yeah. as our digital estates. Um, a lot of even the, you know, older big brands and a lot of the traditional industries mm-hmm. just really don't, put the importance on their digital estate and mm-hmm. uh, uh we you know now they realize that it's pertinent or fundamental yeah. to, to survival yeah. um they've been uh, it's created a lot more work for us right 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 and um one of the things that um and i like i like that approach i mean that's something that's come through in in many of the interviews that i've been doing where we've been talking about the pandemic and how the best um, brands have reacted of of having that empathy for their customers and you've done it in a in a in a sort of micro way really with your individual clients yeah yeah well i mean we've put out i'd say there's a mixture of a, a macro and a micro level mm-hmm. um uh, of giving you know the the podcast series uh yeah. you know that we promoted out to you know everybody we work with internationally yeah. and anyone has everyone has access to that uh, our monthly mailers um, have been kind of a, a, a big part of that as well just yeah. trying to get um, as try and give as, me, as much value as far as interviewing people who can give solid advice as well um, yeah. so yeah it's uh, it's been fundamental to us just yeah. just to support people as much as possible yeah yeah and I was going to ask you about that how you were actually um sharing that uh, sharing that uh, knowledge that you were picking up so it sounds so you so so you've got your podcast and your your weekly updates how do you find the podcast 
Um, the, the podcast series has been really, really interesting. Um, we've had some fantastic speakers. I mean, one of our clients is the head of Tokyo Counseling Services, who is the mm-hmm. first registered, well, British registered um, psychoanalyst in Japan. Wow. Um, and uh, going more in depth into personal stories uh, yeah. with people like that um, yeah. has been phenomenal. We, we're we very lucky at Mantra. We get to work with some incredible human beings that I think offer a lot offer a lot of value that sometimes they don't even realize. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know? Yeah, right. Um, and um, you, you t- so I'll include a link to, well, I mean, tell us about your podcast. I'll include a link to it in the show notes. Where can people find it? Uh, so if they go to our website, www.mantrahq.com, Mm-hmm. Um, we've got on there the entrepreneur series and the learning from leaders series. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, going there. I mean, yeah. we've, we've got loads of tools and little bits on our website right. just for people to, uh, we've got an SEO tool on there that people can use and they don't have to fill in a form, and <laughs> right. put details in it. It's, it's just, you know, if we can give value and yeah. say, look, this might help you. Yeah. go and use it you know yeah. we, we don't you know we just want you to i think it's that thing of you know the whole business community globally is struggling right now and yeah. and, and people are in difficult positions and i just think as marketers you know we we have a lot of power um to influence and uh transform sure. perception so you know it, i think there is a bit of onus on us to um give value wherever we can and just support that community yeah no that's that's really good and um you mentioned just a moment ago uh, your connection uh, or a connection with japan um and you've got a presence out there what are you learning from that how does that how does that you know, you, do you sort of is is the uk business educating the japanese business do you bring stuff back from there how, do, how does that work together so it's cultural consistency across um, across the sites. Mm-hmm. So um, we wanted to make sure that any of our team working in the UK or Japan, mm-hmm. uh, when they go from one country to another, it just feels like the, the same culture. And uh-huh. it is the same culture because it's based on the same values and ethics. But right. um, I'll give you an example. So uh, in our Kyoto office, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you walk in, you change into your slippers instead of your outside shoes. We do yeah. the same in Sheffield. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, in Sheffield, we've got this 300-year-old building opposite the train station, which is a beautiful piece of old architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even though you've got this huge, quirky old building, um, people are, uh, you know, doing the same stuff they'd be doing in Japan. Nice. So. So culturally, we've, we've, we've tried to keep things as consistent as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. we've learned a lot about process and structure mm-hmm. uh, from Japan. They're very methodical mm-hmm. um, and consistent uh, in, in how they produce things, which yeah. is why you get that, that quality of production from Japan. You know, whether yeah. they're, they're making watches or furniture or anything else, people yeah. always say, you know, Japanese design is incredible. Yeah, best, yeah. In, best in the world. And... Um, that's what we've applied in Manchester. Right, right. And, and so you've applied that to your work and practices with your UK clients then, that process element. Yeah, yeah. globally. Globally. Yeah. I mean, when we um, toured Australia, uh, we did 4,500 kilometres in a month in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, travelling with the Invictus athletes uh, for a global campaign we did around PTS. Yeah. Um, I mean, that... Uh, you know, we had the same structures and processes, and for some clients, that's that's that that can be a challenge because they're used to um, marketers, you know, <laughs> saying, you know, somebody need a brand, they they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, lick the finger and 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 yeah. kind of test where the wind's blowing. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's that thing you know we, we yeah. do a lot of research so when yeah. when people come to us we do market research reports we do qual quan audience yeah. listening all that kind of stuff so yeah. that the decisions that we make around how to market a, yeah. a business or a charity or even do a national campaign for a government yeah. it's it's all research demographically backed rather yeah. than just guesswork which for me just is common sense but you know that's that that joke about common sense right it's just not common 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And um, and it, we sort of because it's a because marketing is creative, we think the way that we should manage the projects should be creative, I guess, as well, rather than follow the process. But I like well, that, Johnny. It's, it's that old series. Did you? I don't even remember that old TV series called Monkey Dust. No. So it was a, a cartoon. I think it was on Channel Four or I yeah. Think for about 10, 15 years ago. And um, there was this this marketing firm that would come up with uh, campaigns around new car names. Mm-hmm. And the creative would be sent to like some kind of uh, faraway jungle where it'd have to uh, live off, you know, the, the <laughs> land and do all kinds of weird rituals and stuff. And then in some kind of hazy moment, uh, drug-induced moment, he'd come up with the name for a, a new kind of uh, a car maker. Car yes. Maker. And, yeah. and it was kind of, that was the process, which I, I always yeah. thought was quite funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some sometimes you think that's really what's happening. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to I'm going to come to our, our final question Johnny. Um where um, as uh, as we've already discussed right on Rockstar CMO we have we have this concept of the swimming pool where we chuck all the snake oil bullshit and all the bits that we don't like about this industry that we love in with the hope they'll never come back. Uh, often with some <laughs> of, 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 often with some entertaining results. What is it that you would throw into the swimming pool about marketing that you don't like? Gosh, there's so much. <laughs> I always get that. I always get that reaction. There's yeah. so much. Well, it's why it's, it's why I've got so much skin in the game. It's why I, yeah. I came into marketing because I saw all these yeah. um, psychological techniques and yeah. uh, the power of influence, um, yeah. and said, you know what? Can we use this? Can we use this for good things and, and creating yeah. good things in the world rather than just commodifying everything? Yeah. Um, I think something that is always quite silly and and somewhat immature and childish, which I'd love to stop, is acronym posturing. <laughs> I so, like it. you know, you get to a meeting and, and people try and test each other, don't they? So they'll start yeah. speaking in acronyms rather than <laughs> just speaking. <laughs> yeah. And we've had this before where, you know, we've been hired by a, a CEO of, of quite a large firm and then yeah. – uh, we've been passed down to the marketing manager, yeah. and the marketing manager's oh no, this you know what are they, what's this um, what's this digital agency going to be like? Are they going to you know step on my toes? Da, 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 da. Yeah, so yeah. You start the meeting with we're going to just jump in with lots of random acronyms that yeah. don't that aren't useful in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I'll go, and I'll, I'm always thinking, that, you know, when you've been in the industry for twenty years, <laughs> you've been yeah. doing it doesn't really work um so yeah i think so so the rubbish the rubbish posturing acronyms are the thing we need to just chuck into the rockstar swimming pool yeah that would be that (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it um so and then so we talked a little bit about where people can find your podcast and your website what about finding you johnny if we spin the dial on the interwebs where we might where might we find johnny (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, well, I've done a lot of media this week, as 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 you've seen in uh, yeah. uh, newspapers and magazines and things, which is yeah. always always wonderful and appreciated. Yeah. Um, I think if they go to uh, mantrahq.com, mm-hmm. if they go on LinkedIn, uh, so LinkedIn, I think it's forward slash man, uh, mantra marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Do you tweet? And, Are you much of a Twitterer? No, no. no. So, right. so I, I LinkedIn know, is the place to be. Yeah, I, I know it's it's always the straightest line. I know a, a lot of uh, CEOs, especially marketing, want to create a personal brand, yeah. um, and you know they want a million Instagram followers uh, <laughs> feed something. Um, and uh, I think for me that that only serves a particular type of purpose that doesn't interest me. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, LinkedIn, if yeah. people want to connect with me uh, personally and, and, and just have a, a, a chat, yeah. then yeah. LinkedIn is the, is the place to find me. I, I, yeah, all right. I, I think, tend to all stay right. away from personal accounts on, on the Okay. Well, that, that's been. I'll include a link to your LinkedIn account in the show notes, plus the link to your website and the podcast you discussed. It's been a pleasure, Johnny. Um, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks ever so much, Ian. Really no, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Cheers.
Thank you, Johnny. I will, of course, include all the links to him and his agency in the show notes. I really enjoyed chatting to Johnny before and after we hit record. Phil was right in his introductory email. An interesting bloke. Right, it's Friday evening here at the Rockstar CMO Penthouse in London. I'm about ready to call it a day and ease my way into the weekend with a trip to the Rockstar CMO virtual bar and join my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. Nice to virtually see you here in the bar, um, which is where, mm-hmm. strangely, you always find me here in the bar, which is, um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what that says about me, quite frankly. Um, you just well, like piano so, music. You know, here's the here's the thing. I The drink I have this week um, mm-hmm. is... I don't really have a name for it. Um, you know, it's just a great, so I'm a huge fan. So this is what makes my, uh, Scottish grandfather and my mother who was also from Glasgow and from, you know, and my, my, that whole side of my family is from Glasgow makes them roll over in their graves Mm. because I prefer Irish whiskey to Scotch whiskey. Um, oh my God! And yes, we I might know. Have to end the show it's right sacrilegious. There. <laughs> it's absolutely sacrilegious. So, but no politics I'm, on the show, Robert. <laughs> yeah, that is. You know, I'm just going to say it. I, I, you know, I prefer Irish whiskey for for the most part. All right. Um, and okay. uh, and I'm particular to Jameson. Um, mm-hmm. And this is Jameson's Black Barrel whiskey, which is just an affordable yet you know, on the higher end. Nice. Um, and it's just simple. It's just basically a Jameson black barrel whiskey with a healthy squeeze of lemon and a little bit of uh, cranberry bitters, um, which gives it a sweetness. And it's just a lovely, lovely drink. And it's unchristened. Uh, yeah, I do not have a name for it. I mean, mm. I, you know, I don't, I don't, it, there's not much in it other than the bit, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of an old fashioned if you really want to mm. get the bitters part of it, but it's yeah. lemon, not orange and all that. So it's, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure what you call it. That's an interesting mix. Let me, uh, let me just have a look at my desktop bar, see what yeah. I have here. Um, and I, it, the, 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 uh, the range I have in front of me is going to shock you of it because, uh, I have a very similar drink in that it is from the great british isles <laughs> and it's because it, i can't say uk right because you said irish whiskey uh, and it's hendrix gin yeah splendid let me just well uh, i'm not myself and, and i'm not uh, uh, you know with the uh, with gin well uh, and i know gin is also very big in uh, ireland as well mm-hmm. um, yes but but you don't Speak get a the lot world of over, British mate. whiskey, you know, or English whiskey, I should say. You, no, you, you, no. You, uh... we started making stuff more now. But yeah, uh, and ice. Did you put ice into that? Oh yes, Seems indeed. Ice. Indeed. Yeah. All right, splendid. A big rock. And then there was, it, you know, it, 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 but, oh. um, but otherwise, <laughs> if, if I have it, yeah. <laughs> I don't even have the right drink, fella. So let me see. I've got some. Um, what was it you put in there? Bitters. Uh, bitters, yeah, it's cranberry bitters yeah. actually, but uh, orange Ooh, bitters would be fine as well. Bitters. All right, well, I've got um, tonic, which is ah, which is yes. which, well, that's which not is a bit bitters, bitter, but yes, it's, uh, <laughs> it has bit. It is a bitter flavor, isn't it? Sort a little of. bit, yeah. It, it does. Let me it, let me try this. The, mm-hmm. Let me see. Mm. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice, Robert. I'm. I think your family would be proud. I, I don't think drink. they would be. No, they would be. <laughs> they would. They would be yelling at me right now. Uh, my grandfather, in his very thick Glaswegian brogue, would be telling me he's yeah. going to give me the shit hide. Um, and uh, oh, good lord! You know. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, none, neither of us would be able to understand a oh, bloody word he's saying. So yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, which uh, to all of my Scottish listeners have just turned off. Um, so, uh, so that was delicious. And, and often I remember to ask you what the name of the drink was. And this time it has no name. That's interesting. So maybe. It doesn't uh, have a name yet. I, you know, I mean, mm. uh, we, we might as well call it the Rockstar CMO because it does not have any. 
does not have You wouldn't do that. Name one of your cocktails after our little show. That's amazing. And um, has it featured in uh, hashtag Friday Concoction yet? It has indeed. It has indeed been featured there. Um, uh-huh. And it did not have a name when I, when, I, when I did it. Wow. Did anybody suggest a name? Or just hey, your no family? Just No one did, no. Just... just just your whole family unfriended you on every yeah, channel. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm wondering, where would you go with something like this? Where Where are we drinking these this week? Well, the 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 sort of you know the the obvious place would be to go somewhere in Ireland, um, mm-hmm. somewhere you where you could also go um, without a passport. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> You know, um, (laughs) but I would, I would actually take us to, for this drink. Um, Mm -hmm. and I do have a longing for this. This is some place I've, I've, I've wanted to get back to for, uh, since we've been in lockdown, which is, I would want to get to, to the outskirts of Paris, um, on some winery somewhere. And it's kind of that cool gray raining a little bit, kind of cold, Mm -hmm. But sitting in a cafe or sitting in a hotel bar, looking out at mm. the winery and sipping on this was would be just yeah. delightful. Yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it? I mean, um, you're talking about the outskirts of Paris, but even on a rainy day, Paris is still a beautiful place to be, isn't oh, it? Oh, it's just, yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely. It actually adds some of the, something to the romance, the drama. A rainy it evening does. and you're in one of those little cafes. It's, it does. It's, and it's the really smells nice. inside, you know, where you've got... Yeah. You know, baked things happening, and you yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah. The smell of the and, inside and, of a bar and all of that is just—it's mm, just, it's, it's pretty uh, great. I love the smell of an inside of a bar. You can't really capture the smell of an inside of a bar in a virtual bar, unfortunately. We've you only cannot. got the tastes. <laughs> yeah, we can only describe the tastes. Um, and um, well, that, that sounds really nice. Um, so we're overlooking a vineyard. And we're thinking about marketing because that's what we keep doing. What yeah. is it that we'd be chatting about, Robert? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that uh, that I think is interesting, especially in where we find ourselves with, you know, politics mm-hmm. and everything that's happening right now, certainly in mm-hmm. my country um, and, um, and elsewhere in marketing is where and when and how should we be controversial, you know, um, oh. mm-hmm. you know. Or as, or as they say in London, controversy. Um, between, you know, Governor, you know. I love your English accent. <laughs> you know, well, that, was, that wasn't an English accent as much as it was trying to put a put an aluminium into the OU of you know of different kinds of yes. things that the English yes. do. Um, and and so uh, you know, I see a lot of brands and get asked this question a lot about like how mm-hmm. controversial should we be right where mm-hmm. should we you know and and even to the point of where i see some managers marketing managers marketing vps where mm-hmm. they see that as a way to embed you know brand or product messaging into the body of you know something that will get you know talked about yeah. right yeah. you know so they almost do it they be, they're provocative to be provocative, right? Yeah. Um, as yeah. a way of, you know, in, in a way, it's like, um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the the, the term of uh, steganography, um, where... Yeah. 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 So it's embedded messaging in the thing. And this is what yep. this really comes down to. And and there's, a, there's yep. an example of this, of course, um, you know, which was last year, um, where Gillette did this whole campaign around, you know, it's, it, they called it the best men can be. And yeah. it was trying to address toxic masculinity among young men. Yeah. And, and this was during yeah. the hashtag me too movement. Yeah. And everybody who said that was a successful effort would say, look how many people talked about it. And everybody yeah. who said it was a big fat failure would say, look how many people talked about it. And, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. so the, the real question in my mind about what yeah. determines whether that's successful or not is not how many people talked about it, but who talked about it yeah. and what did they talk about? Yeah. Um, because in the case of the best men can be, they didn't talk about, you know, the whole toxic masculinity thing. The whole conversation mm-hmm. was does Procter and Gamble or more specifically Gillette even have any business talking about this? And yeah. that's not the conversation I'm sure they intended to have, nor right. is it, 
any sort of relevance of success when you start thinking about all of that, that basically the big heated discussion was the inside baseball ad professionals, marketing professionals, yeah. discussing whether or not they had the right to talk about it or not. And yeah. all of that comes down to trust, right? Yeah. It's all about yeah. does, you know, if you're going to insert yourself into a provocative or, or controversial topic, you've mm -hmm. got to ask yourself whether or not your audience trusts you to have that conversation. Because, yeah. yeah. And there's actually research on this. There's, there's, there's research that was done by um, some psychologists who looked at controversy and what they found mm -hmm. was really interesting. They, they found that the, there was sort of two sort of countervailing uh, um, trends here, which was one, they found that more people wanted to talk about more controversial things. In other words, the more controversial, the more people will talk about it. But mm -hmm. the more controversial, the less people want to talk about it in public. Um, because yeah, yes. they don't want to get called out mm -hmm. and they don't want to have a public conversation mm -hmm. about it. And so it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is that the more people that we trust, in other words, if I trust you sitting here in the bar, mm -hmm. I, we can talk about mm -hmm. anything, right? We can talk about politics, religion. Yeah. We can talk about anything controversial yeah. because it's feel it's a safe place. Right. And we'll have the yeah. right kind of conversation, but I'm not going to have that conversation, that same level of trust on social media or on a public forum. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to have it. That's yeah. so you have to, when you, when you're trying to figure out whether you should be controversial, the first question I would ask is, does our goal of reaching this audience, do they trust us enough to have this conversation? Cause if they don't, we shouldn't be having. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And I, I think you're totally right about that trust thing. I mean, and also it's, it's, we encourage brands to be different, don't we? I mean, encourage brands to define their tribe and to and to be a little bit more outspoken. Does when? But that does start to tread on the toes of country. I mean, we 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 know a Martech CMO that whenever he was in a in a job, start picking on his competitors. The bigger, the better, right? And that would gain yep. them some notoriety. Um, and so, what's um, uh, so where, where, where do you think that line should be drawn? Because, in, you know, the thing uh, I'm sure that you've talked about, certainly, um, uh, so I'm not sure whether we've talked about it on here, but certainly is, is that, um, you know, if, if you're going to express an opinion um, that's differentiated, you've got to be willing to, to, to deal with the fact that there will be people that disagree with you. But that's Definitely. OK, because you're creating your tribe is. Are we treading on the toes of that? Or are you saying, are you talking about being, you know, crazy controversial like the Gillette guys were? Well, it's a spectrum, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, so me coming out and saying, you know, planting a flag and saying our, you know, our, uh, our competitor isn't good, right? Or has yeah. the wrong approach. And yeah. so in varying degree for certainly based on the company, you would think that because we're in that business, because we've been in business as long, longer, whatever it is as our competitor, the audience to some degree, you know, is probably going to trust us on that topic. Right. In other right. words, the right conversation will be had now, whether we're right or wrong on that or whether we should do that, you know, based on our brand or based on what we want to stand for, based on the conversation we want to have. It's a different discussion. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. having that, it, that's less controversial, right? Than coming mm -hmm. out and, for example, saying something about our competitor that says, you know, they're, you know, they have something, they treat women poorly or, you know, they, yeah. you know, saying yeah. something yeah. that is really yeah. controversial. Yeah. Um, yeah. that we may not have any authority or trust with our audience yeah. to have the conversation yeah. about, right? Yeah. And that, that works in the spectrum me. in terms of being able to say, yeah. we are, we want to stand up for this thing um, yeah. that will get us attention um, yeah. versus we want to sort of shut up about it, right? We're not going to say anything yeah. about it. And there's everything yeah, in the, yeah. you know, there's everything from the, you know, being very quiet on that and very, to being very vocal about that. But a great example of this yeah. is you look at the difference 
in the way that the response happened and the discussion happened around Nike and Colin Kaepernick and, and the whole mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter and standing up yeah. for the flag. Nike, yeah. had the conversation that happened was the right conversation. And why was yeah. that? It was because Nike's audience has the trust in the brand for them to be able to have that because of yeah. their brand, because of what they do. Yeah. Their audience trusts them enough to have, they may disagree, but they mm -hmm. don't, it doesn't seem odd or weird or inauthentic yeah. for Nike to actually do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But if Apple or somebody like that did that, uh, who don't have that connection with that community, then it wouldn't have been trusted. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so the question is, well, then, think, you know, do you have to, do you yeah. have to go down that road? you know, to yeah. be able to, to, to get there. The yeah. answer is, yeah, it's a, it's a stepped, it's a stepped idea, right? In other words, Gillette jumping into the deep end of the pool with the best mm -hmm. men can be is probably mm -hmm. an unfortunate mistake. Mm -hmm. yeah. However, if they'd stepped into it a little more slowly, maybe it, it can, you know, it, it could have worked as a longer term yeah. strategy, right? Starbucks learned this as well, right? Starbucks has had many many initiatives to try and bring diversity or culture or you know other yeah. controversial quote unquote topics to bear and with varying yeah. degrees of success because they just don't have the they don't have the trust with that audience to have mm -hmm. that conversation mm -hmm. yeah and i think that happened didn't it when everybody on social media started blacking out their their updates and logos and stuff and you if you scratch the surface you could quickly see you know which, which which brands had a diverse board and that started that whole conversation so you can be accidentally controversial thinking that you're following the the zeitgeist right well that's that that's an excellent point right which is it's yeah. not a question of when, uh, if it's a question of when right you're going to be yeah. accidentally controversial right you yeah. know and yeah and having a plan for that you know if you have any opinion at all you're 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 likely at some point you know put your foot in your mouth yeah. or, or whatever it is, <laughs> or someone will put yeah. it in your mouth for you. Right. You know, yeah. your CEO yeah. will say something really stupid or someone on your, yeah. you know, an influencer that you've hired will say something really stupid or one of your employees will yeah. say something really stupid. And we've had, you and I have had this conversation, right. With, yeah, um, yeah, you know, sure. with Tom Goodwin and, 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 yeah. you know, and he, you know, arguably what Tom did was he didn't, you know, when he got fired from Publicis, because yeah. of his, you know, his quote unquote controversial statements around mm -hmm. COVID and, 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 and what was going on with priorities, he yeah. didn't have that trust with that, with the broader audience. And he certainly didn't have the trust yeah. with the broader audience of his employer. And so yeah. he, you know, his, his comments were seen as out of touch and, you know, quite frankly, yeah. not appropriate. It, it's yeah, it's amazing. It's 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 an interesting fine line, isn't it? Because people, a lot of people have have created their personal brands around mild controversy and being a slight sort of thorn in people's sides. But then you can easily overstep that and become more than a thorn and just become bloody annoying. And all of a sudden, it's uh, your tables have turned. Yeah, it's a, it's it, it, another great point, which is. You know, there are others who do that, who, for example, yeah. for, you know, what Tom did or what Procter and Gamble and Gillette did, or, you know, they've yeah. sort of, they were born that way. Right. And, and yeah. you would, you not only expect them to be controversial, you, you expect yeah. it, you know, you, ex yeah, you, yeah. you, you know, yeah. you, you expect them to say, you know, and it's weird when they're not part of the conversation. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. and, and that can be a differentiator as well. Right. You know, it would mm -hmm. just be weird for me <laughs> to come out and mm -hmm. on various topics and go, you know, here's the right way. You know, it's like people would be going, what? What, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Or even you started I, swearing. Even if I had in the background been going to school and gotten educated and gotten all, yeah. you know, all, all manner of, you know, sort of bona fides yeah. in a particular topic, um, yeah. you know, it would be, it would be just odd you know, yeah. for me to come yeah. out and claim that and mm -hmm. without having built that trust with that audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And what, what sort of, um, it started with, uh, you, you know, you've always got great sort of customer stories and they, they, all of what you talk about comes from your client work. 
what advice do you give when you're actually asked that? Have you have you actually been asked that? Why don't we, you know, it's probably some some bloke with a loud tie who's got no personality saying to you, why don't we go and do this crazy thing? You know, the, the guy in the corner. And is, do, you, do you say, well, well, no. Or, or do you sort of do you work through that? Yeah, it's usually, I, I will tell you, it's usually not something like Gillette asking whether yeah. or not they should do something like the best men can be. I mean, that... Uh, to be honest, that, that just you know, that's that smells of an agency going. Let's be, let's do something really, you know, provocative, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And get media coverage, right? And 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 yeah. and you know, the the cynical side of me says that was as much for the agency as it was for Gillette. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was going to actually, um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for a while because one of the things you, you mentioned earlier on about that it created a controversy that's inside baseball, I think it's quite interesting how many of these controversies we sort of latch on to uh, being inside baseball. And I, always, I sometimes wonder whether the consumer cares and what they think, you know, this, about some of these things. I, there's, I have a, a great story about that, which is, I, you know, there was a, 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 this was a few years ago. It was maybe five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even more than that now. Time flies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have no sense of time anymore. Um, <laughs> but I was, there was a time back when uh, McDonald's, the, the restaurant chain, um, mm-hmm. there was a social media controversy about, um, I can't remember the hashtag, but it was like McDonald's life or, a day at mm-hmm. McDonald's or something like that. It was some hashtag mm-hmm. with, you know, like mm-hmm. McDonald's life basically. Mm-hmm. And they, they had launched this hashtag on their social media channels. And basically it turned very quickly into a very toxic thing because mm-hmm. people were posting, you know, a picture of a rat in a restaurant and saying, you know, hashtag mm-hmm. McDonald's life or, you know, a yeah, picture of yeah, their yeah. broken hamburger or whatever McDonald's life, you know, yeah. and yeah. It, it, it hit all the major, uh, ad mm-hmm. magazines, you know, it was on the cover of ad week. It was on the cover of ad age. It was on the, mm-hmm. you know, it, it made all the marketing magazines like, Oh, here's your social media fail of the week. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Interestingly, I actually happened to not by design, but happened to ask, um, one of the major managers at McDonald's social media strategy mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. at a conference that I was at. I said, what is this? Uh, you know, how are you dealing with this? And he said, yeah. we're not. He said, this is item number 760 on our to-do list. This doesn't even hit the yeah. top 10 of our hashtags, right? Consumers wow. don't care about this, right? This is, you know, wow. you know, hashtag egg McMuffin, hashtag breakfast, hashtag, you know, all this. He said, that's yeah. so low on our analytics. Yeah. Like we're not even paying attention to it, to be honest with you. He wow. said, the media wow. care and the inside baseball people care. We're not, you know, yeah. you know, and it's not that wow. we don't care, but it's just, it's not it's not yeah. hitting our radar because it's just not that big yeah 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 so and they had the analytics that just showed that the, the consumer was just meh whatever yeah, it's, a small, <laughs> it's a very yeah. noisy small percentage you know that that is always yeah. going to be out there yeah. and um yeah. you know for anything which is and, it, and it's stuff that they can try and orchestrate but they certainly can't control it which is it i mean that's an interesting nuance isn't it on the whole controversy thing which is where we started which is actually you might not have been that controversial the customer may not have cared you made it onto the front page of that age or whatever but mm, who cares <laughs> you know so, so well, right so you know i mean which is well, you know, well done a, you <laughs> yeah from a pr perspective you know the poor pr yeah. manager who has to deal with that and go oh yeah. gosh i gotta go you know i gotta go have a response <laughs> for this and get a quote for it and, yeah you know all yeah, that yeah. stuff. You know it's an annoyance yeah. in their day, yeah. Um, yeah. but it doesn't ultimately affect their long-term strategy. And right. this is, you know, this is one of those things in today's world where, yes, there are there are times when we are, you know, to your earlier point, where we're purposely mm-hmm. provocative. You know, and as I was mentioning, I, yeah. it's rare that a brand comes to me anyway and says, mm-hmm. you know, hey, how can we be? You know, how can we? poke the bear as it were you know how can we do something really controversial and talk about you know trump or politics or religion or something like that you know they never do that what they say is usually something like what we were talking about in the very beginning of this conversation which is hey should we Mm -hmm. make a claim on our competitor or should we you know should we say something you know ooh, something controversial for our industry (laughs) you know 
you know, <laughs> headless CMS yeah. isn't all that in a bag of chips. It's like, ooh, <gasps> oh, oh, you know. <laughs> you know something you know, heresy right you know something where the audience is going to yeah. go ooh they're picking a fight yeah. you know that's more of the provocative nature and you know and then my answer is always the same which is how much do they trust you to have that conversation if they do yeah. you know and you and it fits in your brand and it, it fits in your strategy let's go do it yeah. right let's go yeah, let's yeah. go have that conversation yeah yeah no that's great a really nice conversation thank you Robert and um, and a wonderful drink and a wonderful spot that you've chosen for us and will um, ah hang on have you written about this before I have forgotten you can, <laughs> yeah you can you can see a little bit more about this although it doesn't go into much more depth than we've gone into here um, uh-huh. on, uh, on my lovely little website called contentadvisory.net splendid and when the listeners spin the dial on the interwebs where will they find you they will find me at Robert underscore Rose on Twitter and, you mm-hmm. know, whatever LinkedIn does with slash in yes. slash whatever, yes. you know, just do a search. Yes. You'll find me. <laughs> Splendid. Thank you very much, Robert. And will I find you again in the, in the virtual you'll, CMO bar? You'll always find me in the bar, <laughs> apparently, yes. <laughs> just the kind of man I like. Thank you very much, Robert. I'll see you next week. Yes, you will. Cheers, buddy. Thank you, Robert. Are you now inspired to get controversial? Let us know what you think of that conversation or anything else you've heard on the episode so far. So that's a wrap on episode 29 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. Thanks again to Johnny, to Robert, and to Douglas Burdett for his marketing book podcast that I referenced earlier. But most of all, thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like my guests, please give them a mention, click on their links, follow them and take a look at their work. I really appreciate their time. So please show them some love and tell them I sent you. So does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'd love to know what you think. Drop us some feedback, a review, subscribe, share, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, I again use this podcast as an opportunity to chat to someone interesting as I meet Eric Fulweiler, who helped build Vanna Media for Gary Vanacek and is now Chief Commercial Officer at 11FS, a technology and content agency focused on the very hot financial services space. And Robert will undoubtedly be back in the bar. Until then, I've been your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstarcmo.com, and I hope you'll join us again next week here at Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.